This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. I'm Jen. I'm Brian. And I'm Henno. We're three friends that talk about mental health, wellness, and our lives. Through articles and tips, we share what has worked for us on our paths overcoming depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, alcoholism, and addiction. Come join us on our journey. You can find us anywhere you listen to your podcast. Just search for The Crazy Life. Remember, wiggle your toes and just keep breathing. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am group. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. Uh, again, AIM has really messed with Eric's computer. Yep. I mean, really, really messed it up. So I yeah. think they got some help from Hydra on this. I'm pretty sure uh, there was some help from Hydra, and uh, probably the probably the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants too. I don't know, just think. Tony Stark might have been involved too. We're not sure yet. <laughs> Actually, Sony might have been involved. Oh, did I go there? Oh, dude, did that one hurt? Just just a touch, but it's all right. Well, truth be told, um, before we get into the craziness that we just teased, it is Kylan and Mike. Um, check out the homepage, MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Go down, support the right-hand side, support where um, our affiliates are. Also, to support our partners um, as well, being heroes and villains. Uh, they just introduced some new Star Wars storyboard T-shirts, and there's a lot of, lot of stuff that had been sold out that's back in stock. Um, also, to support their sister company, Found Me, uh, click on the images on the website. Use the code FieldAgents, all one word, for 15% off your first purchase. Uh, also, to um, 
check out our web store where you can get some cool Spider-Man hockey jersey and baseball jerseys. Wait, is Spider-Man a sore subject right now? Possibly. We'll get to that here shortly. But <laughs> you can still get some great looking non-Sony related stuff. Oh, <laughs> did I say that? This is gonna be this is gonna be a harsh issue. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the whole article. Did I do that? Oh, y'all, j- j- just you wait. Oh, just you wait. So, man, I wish Eric was with us tonight. I I do too, cause uh, somebody somebody's gonna get taken to school. I am so somebody's t- get taken, huh? I am so tempted to call him. And go, dude, get on the show. Let's do this through your mobile. Yeah, You know what? Uh, we at least have him on for this, man, because this is. <laughs> but unfortunately, this may be the whole show. Well, that's OK, too. <laughs> I'll let you send him the text, dude. We're talking what we're talking about. See if he and it's going to be rant fest. But so let's go ahead and get started, shall we? Let's get started. Um, Garth Ennis has announced work on two new Punisher limited series for Marvel. Uh, he's reteaming with artists, collaborators as well. Uh, he revealed the two projects at Lakes International Comic Art Festivals at the during an interview with Lakes International Comic Arts Festival. Uh, he goes, I have two miniseries coming up. Soviet drawn by Jason Burroughs. And apparently coming out, and apparently coming out in November, and get Fury with art by Goran Parlov, presumably appearing next year. Yep. This would be Ennis's first work with Barrels at Marvel after working at Avatar on Three Hundred Three Chronicles of Wormwood and Crossed. Uh, Parlov has worked with Ennis extensively at Marvel, including Punisher, Punisher Max, The Platoon, and Fury Max. Uh, All good. So yeah. I I loved Fury Max. Uh, definitely not for the for the faint of heart. No, uh, but it was a definitely an interesting an interesting take on Nick Fury. Probably b- based on uh, Garth Ennis's. Uh, if you're familiar with his work, and uh, I, I would say probably a more realistic uh, portrayal of Nick Fury than. <laughs> What we get, what we would get in the six one six version, right? You know. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm not, I'm not that familiar with these. I, I was, so, I was big. I was really big on the Max books that had come out. Uh, in fact, um, when I read, uh, which, well, the first, the first Max series, Marvel Max book was Alias. So, you know, I, I read that one, collected that one, um, completely. I had, um, I definitely had Fury Max. There was another one, I think it was War Machine had one that was like part of that line too. Some of these, and some of these were, especially the stuff that Garth Ennis did. It, it got pretty intense. Probably the best way I could put it. Um, didn't and it did not hold anything back. Okay, so uh, now I, and I think there's only like one Max series that's on. I think there is a Max series that's available 
on Marvel Unlimited, but I'm not I'm not I'm not certain that I have to look at it and see. But if you do get a chance, um, Born, uh, which follows Frank Castle's time in Vietnam, it's good. It, it's pretty extreme, but it's good. And uh, Fury, like yet again, Fury Max. If you if you're familiar with the character, uh, do yourself a favor to and see what Garth Ennis does with him. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I love Garth's work, um, so I'm definitely curious to see see so you see what he does. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So um, I'm excited because I, I I'm wondering if this is going to be. Nick Fury Sr. or Nick Fury Jr.? Ooh, that's another good call. Because, you know, at least Marvel Max was Nick Fury Sr. Right. So, you know, now that we – now that Ultimate Nick Fury is Nick Fury Jr., I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see what uh, Garth Ennis does with Nick Fury Jr. too. So I don't know. True, true. It, it it will be interesting. Absolutely. So so um, apparently Eric has found a workaround. Um, as we said last week, AIM caused issues with Eric's computer. This week, we think we're. I think Sony was involved. You know what? I'm I'm claiming Ada. Okay. Oh. I, I'm going there. Ada? Really? Yes. So are are you saying that Ada? Is in league with Sony, or Ada did this by herself? You know, I- I'm going to say that Sony put her up to this. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's 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 start it off this way. One of my favorite memes has been a interaction between Disney Raccoon and Winter Sony. Yeah, and it's how much for Spider Man? Not for sale. How much for Sony? <laughs> um. Why are we saying this? Well, some people say it's still speculation. It's just talk. We can't take this as the as the uh, as the final word. Um, where whereas both Sony and Disney have said, uh, no, this is final. We walked away from the table, and there's nothing more. Um, basically, Sony is saying. Nope, we don't care what you're interested in. Uh, we're now going to take Spider-Man and go home. Okay, on a scale of one to ten, one being perfectly reasonable and ten being a whiskey tango foxtrot, <laughs> I'm put. I'm putting this at about an eighteen. I was going to say I was going to put this at Lego. Now, it, don't be drawing Lego into this. No, I'm just saying this is as painful as stepping on a Lego. You, all right. You know what this is? I, I, when I first heard this story, this is the first thing that came to mind. You, you, and we've all been there. You remember when we all got our first, our first job, you know, and, and you're making, you no know, a couple hundred dollars, but you're still living at home, and you think that couple hundred dollars, even though we're talking about what mid to late eighties, that couple hundred dollars, you think is you no, know, I oh, I can go out on my own. I'm ready to, I, I, I'm grown now, right? Right. But you know, and your parents are just sitting there waiting for you to realize that. That two hundred dollars, uh, at least back then, it wouldn't. It might have covered rent or your groceries, but not both. And so I think what's happened is 
uh, Sony, they, they got used to seeing those big checks, and they're like, oh, you know what? We can do this on our own. And and then and, and it's like, oh, no, see, you guys have to remember that you go back to those first three Spider-Man movies and the two that you did after that, take all that cash, put it together, and look at everything that Marvel did. And it still doesn't add up all the money that Marvel, all the money that Marvel made you with. How many movies was that? Three, four? Let me see. Three. Three. Four. Because of Civil War. I was counting Civil War. Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame. Right. Five. So, yeah, five. Far from home. Coming in Far from Home. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's take those five movies. And 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 as our, and and only three of those only two of those movies specifically featured Spider Man. So let's take those five movies and let's take the five that you guys did that all were strictly Spider Man movies. Put that cash against uh, against the Disney cash, and let's see who comes out on top. Well, okay, I I, I hear both sides of this argument. Right. It's like you know Disney's being greedy SOBs for uh, wanting to alter the deal. All right, fine. I also hear Sony as being greedy SOBs because they don't want to agree to it and going forth. I'm just like, you know what? It doesn't really matter what this deal is. Mm-mm. This is a bad move for Sony. It is. That, now, some of you out there on the internet can say, well, I appreciate and I and I applaud Sony for standing up to the Disney bully. And I'm kind of like, dude, did you see Amazing Spider-Man? Did you see Amazing Spider-Man 2? I, I, I don't even want to. I mean, did see Venom? Are you talking about the chick flicks that wanted to be hero movies? Oh! I, I mean, it's it's like... Sony, Sony, I get that you don't want to to upset the status quo. I get that, but your Spider-Man movies have sucked. Yeah, and I feel, and, and I've said this before on the show. I feel sorry for Andrew Garfield. I do too, because he was excited about this. He was, he wanted to be Spider-Man. Right. I mean, it's it's almost like it's like, um, oh Lord, what's Oh, I can't even think of his name. I'm blanking on it now. Toby McGuire. No, 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 no. I, I'm talking about the uh, the guy who played uh, Mr. Fantastic in the Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie. Oh, I'm okay. Blank. Yeah, I, I, I should not be blanking because he that group was our best interview to date, or at least my favorite. You know, y'all's yeah. knowledge may vary, but and really anybody else who played a character in that movie, because every single one of them. They love the, the the opportunity to play that character, but they got a raw deal in what they got. And Andrew Alec, Garfield, Alex Hyde White, exactly. Mm-hmm. All of them, they got raw deals. Andrew Garfield, he got a raw deal that he had to play Spider Man in those movies. Yeah, I agree. I yeah, agree. the good news is you're getting to play Spider Man. The bad news is you're doing it in an MCU less Sony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is not in Sony's best interest. No, well, because because what they're going to do if they can't, I still think that there can be a deal worked out. Okay, I do because you're seeing all this backlash. St- Sony stocks have taken a big tumble. Yeah, yeah. Since now, this came out. Now, Kyle, I mean, 
Kylan brought up Spider-Man appearances. Uh, the question is, how many movies does Tom Holland have left on his contract? Uh, initial uh, initial report stated Holland's contract included six films. Three of those would be Sony solo features, while three would be MCU projects. So he's had three MCU projects, and he's had two solo. He's had so two he's, solo. Down to, he's down to the last one then. Yeah. Yep. But and, he, and this- he's essentially though walking away. So, so to speak, because he's already unfollowed Sony uh, after the news broke out. Yeah. Really, I, I do think that Disney has the leverage here because, I mean, it, do the one last one, okay? Mm-hmm. Do the one last one. Right. Just so you complete the set, you, you honor the contract. Going forward, that's, okay, that's, y'all work it out from there. Right. Well, you but, know, here's the problem. Here, here's the issue with that. And Don and I were talking about this, and here's the thing. Right now, the majority of the stories that they have that that could carry that they could carry forward are all tied to Tony Stark and the MCU. Because uh, based on the the Peter that we know now, the suits that he has, the tech that he has, heck, even even his latest crop of villains are all tied to the MCU in some way. So they break this off, and he has one more movie left. Uh, I mean, what what do they do? Because that means none, none of the Spidey suits, because those suits were all created by, by Tony. Yep. Uh, well, except, for, except for the one that he created using Tony's tech. You know, and there, there's there's the glasses. He, he can't use those anymore. Uh, uh, think about it, the, the way they handled Mysterio and the way they handled the Vulture, both were closely tied to Tony Stark. Right. Can't do that. So, and, and technically, the, the very thing that brought in J. Jonah Jameson was Mysterio, which is yet again tied to Tony Stark. So where do you go? Right. Well, you basically would have to go uh, because he was outed. He basically has to go into hiding and reinvent himself mm-hmm. using just his his own resources. Right. right. I mean, that's the only way you could do it if you're going to do it. But again, it, it, uh, uh, the only other thing you could do is reboot. Yeah. And another meme that I see floating around is a picture of Spider-Man, you know, sitting on a, a balcony uh, with his feet propped up saying, you know, watching Marvel and Sony, you know, deal fall apart and realize you're about to lose Uncle Ben for a fourth time. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen a meme where it's Uncle, Uncle Ben going, let's get this fixed. I don't want to die for a fourth time. And then the response is from Thomas Martha Wayne. Uh, yeah, get in line. And I've seen a picture of a radioactive spider going, crap, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's some of the information about what's been happening with this impasse. Um, one discrepancy seems to be that Disney at, is what Disney asked for. Initial reports said they asked for 50% stake in regards to the upcoming Spider-Man movies. 
Now, I've been hearing 50% stake for total gross. I've been hearing a 50% stake for opening day, like the deal is now for 5% opening day. Right. Um, but a new report from the Hollywood Reporter is that that number isn't that high. Uh, the number cited here is 30% stake which is still significant, still significant, but 20% can make a world of difference if you're talking about over a billion dollars at the box office. Exactly. Um, here's how the numbers would work if that deal was in place for Far From Home. Budget for Far From Home was $160 million. You double that for advertising costs. If you double that number, that becomes $320 million. Subtract 320 from the box office pool of $1 billion. One hundred and ten million three hundred and fifty seven thousand six hundred and forty dollars, which leaves seven hundred and ninety million dollars and a thirty percent cut of that is two hundred and thirty seven dollars or two hundred and thirty seven point one million dollars with the rest going to Sony, which is five hundred and fifty three thousand dollars. Okay. Well, who's been footing the money for this? Marvel Studios. Right. If I remember right. You know, I, I'm sure that the truth of all of this is not – I mean, we're hearing we're hearing one side of the story. We're hearing another side of the story. It, it's kind of like there's three sides to every story. You know, there's your side, my side, and the truth, which right. may bear some resemblance to either one and none of either. You can't handle the truth. Yeah. So this is – it is unlikely that we will definitively see unequivocally the terms of the uh, of right. the deal that was not met. Right. Because right. people people that release it, they're going to release one version or another version that may not be true. Right. I mean, right. we're going to see a lot of fake news out there. Right. Now, to continue on, for Sony, it seems that the 30% number cuts too far into their profits for their liking, and any studio would rather have the $790 million over $553 million, especially since they don't get any of the merchandising money or money from the MCU films. Well, that's what you negotiate for. It's also one of Sony's only big money-making franchises. Right. You're welcome. Signed, Marvel Studios. Okay, how how well did Venom do at the box office? It, I am, it I'm literally on my phone, so I cannot check this. I mean, I mean it, it did okay. I mean, obviously it did well enough for a sequel, but it didn't do Marvel movie okay or MCU um, MCU numbers. Venom budget was a hundred to one hundred sixteen million. Box okay. office was eight hundred fifty six point one million. Okay, so you're looking at about eight hundred fifty million. Okay. Yeah. I do. You honestly think that you're going to get that much on any other Spider-Man movie going forward? I don't think so. And if you're Sony, I mean, it doesn't matter really who did the walking away. This right. this development is is so totally not in Sony's best interest. It really is because because. Regardless of what really happened, the public perception is going to be greatly against Sony. Right. I mean, we we have seen this already. You you see the hashtag boycott Sony trending. Yep. You have seen like Sony's stock price drop. Right. And when they do come out with a new Spider-Man movie, if they still use Tom Holland, it's that people are going to say, oh, well, they're just writing on the MCU coattails. Right. right, and if they reboot it again, 
they're just going to be like, well, you're just doing this to try to get rid, you know, get back at Marvel, or mm-hmm. it, you're going to wind up with another Andrew Garfield. Right. You are somebody who is, you know, totally fanboy level excited about playing a role, but he's going to be in a stinker of a movie. Right. Because I just Sony go take a look at Fox. Fox tried to replicate the success of the MCU. Mm-hmm. How did that out for them? I just got two words for you. Dark Phoenix. <laughs> oh, I mean, did I, did Dark Phoenix actually make any money? Because I've heard reports that it lost almost $100 million. I think it did. I want my money back, and I didn't even see the thing. <laughs> well, all of this is still making us go. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because you know, Sony still gets an annual royalty from Marvel, depending on how well the MCU Spider-Man films do. The bigger they do at the box office, the lower the royalty. And on the previous film, that was around $30 million. So it's understandable why Marvel wants some of that pie, as Spider-Man is easily the most iconic character out there. Also, while it may not be over $2 billion like Endgame, 22 or 20, 20, 200 million isn't anything to sneeze at, even for a studio the size of Disney. So any amount that they could get on top would be a win. Now, Marvel right. still has all the merchandising rights for the character, so they do get mon- money from the movies through the toy lines, but it's not directly through the profits of the film. Okay, we talk about merchandising. Merchandising. Uh, merchandising. Spaceballs to flamethrower. Mm, the kids love this one. So... <laughs> And, and they make the comment, you know, where the real money from the movie is made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, do we have numbers on how it, how true that still is? Um, I know. I, mean, I know with Star Wars, think about it. There was probably more. You know, if you watch the show, uh, the toys that made us, the Star Wars episode, even with Lucas. After Hasbro bought Kenner and they reworked the deal from a 12% to 17% deal, Lucas was still pulling in more money from merchandise than he was from, from profits and royalties on the movies. Right. I got that. The question is, is that still true? I think so. Okay. Because, I'm going to be honest, I did not see a ton of merchandise out for Endgame. Um, I saw some, right? But it looked like a lot of what was out there was it. It looked like it was more designed for collectors, right? And I'm I'm guilty of it as well. I mean, what what did I send y'all just a few days ago? I sent y'all pictures of the new Mar- of uh, some new Marvel uh, action figures, right? Yeah, including like Night Thrasher and Puma and right. and Captain No Vindicator. No, because I was still looking for Captain Britain. Um, but you see, there will still always be some toys that are out there for kids, like you know the the Captain America Shield Blaster or, or the the Iron Man mask. Or you too can have a child's Mjolnir, you know. Right. Uh, some assembly required. But it's just not – it does not seem to be as overwhelming to me now as, like, say, to, to use your example, the Star Wars original trilogy merchandise. 
I, I agree. Yeah. I'll give you that. Well, so I'm just I'm just wondering if the merchandising is still as big a factor as we perceive it to be. I'm not sure because it depends on what merchandise they push. Because they didn't seem to push a whole lot for uh, Marvel Rising with that cartoon. Mm-mm. They didn't seem to, and, and those toys went to clearance within nine months. So it's like they did the show. The show did great, but they kind of let the toys slide. Right. Um, Captain Marvel. There wasn't a lot of merch out for that, and that was one of their bigger hits this year. True, and that's that's my point. So uh, that's my point. It's uh, you know how big of a push are they going towards the merchandise? Right. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. There's still going to be plenty of coin made. I mean, don't don't take this as a well merchandising. You know, they're not going to get any money off of it because yes, they will. Right. Right. Now. To- to throw even more fuel on this fire, <laughs> um, Stanley's daughter, J.C. Lee, has come out and said that she sides with Sony on all this. And she went on to pretty much throw the executives from both Disney and Marvel into the fire in hopes of spontaneous combustion. Um, seeking to seek out antitrust concerns, Lee expressed a desire to see her father's creations checked and balanced as they continue to being developed. Uh, Marvel and Disney seeking total control over my of my father's creations must be checked and balanced by others who, while still seeking to profit, have genera- genuine respect for Stanley and his legacy. Okay, movie-wise, I think Marvel Studios has genuine respect for Lee and his legacy. Yeah. Or they wouldn't have had him so involved. Exactly. Now, mind you, comic side, was there a lot of remorse and lack of respect after he left? In the manner he left? Probably. Not sure. Not mm-hmm. part of it. No, I mean, wasn't he suing Marvel at one point? He was at one point. Well, I mean, look, she has as much right to her opinion as anyone. Right, right, and she is. She probably uh, has a lot of information we don't. I mean, that's pretty much a given. Right. Now, am I am I saying that Disney slash Marvel, you know, never does anything wrong? Well, that would be naive to say. Right. right. But I would have to respectfully disagree because, like you said, Mike, you know, at least as far as the MCU. Is concerned, I, I think they have. They have taken they've taken a new spin on some of these characters and some of these stories. We may not always agree with the spin, but I think we can all agree that for the most part, they have remained true to the core essence. Right. Yeah. Now she continues on. When my father died, no one from Marvel or Disney reached out to me. From day one, they have commoditized my father's work and never shown him or his legacy any respect or decency. And I, this is quite a bombshell. Kyla and I were briefly talking before show, and the best thing we could say is BS. Okay. You know what? I mean, I understand. I didn't even know he had a daughter. I mean, I'm, well, just, I'm just to be honest with the, with you there. I didn't know he had a daughter. Right? I, I want to know, where was she when he was having some of his health issues and was being robbed blind by a... By a manager. A manager or a, care, a caregiver, I think it was. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that that is a valid question. 
that is a valid question. Oh. And if she if she had she and him had been estranged or didn't have you know a very good relationship, mm-hmm. which this is going to sound like vic, you know quote unquote victim shaming here, but if there was something going on with my dad. I'd be right in the middle of trying to get it fixed. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, you know, my dad and I don't always see eye to eye, but he's still my dad, and I still love him. And if he's in trouble, I would want to help. Right. So I think that is a very valid question of where has she been? Well, you know, there's the there was the other thing, too. It seemed like I remember Stan saying that he was working on a project with his daughter, uh, and uh, his with boom, boom was his company, right? Uh, I want to say that sounds right. So, and apparently, now it seemed like I remember him saying that he was developing a property with his daughter, and 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 uh, his his company was going to produce the comic. And so, but I, you know, now I don't know if anything's coming of that now. And so now I wonder. Uh, okay, I'm just gonna say it. I wonder if we got some sour grapes going on here. I, I, I you know, the thing is, all of a sudden she pops up out of the woodwork after, you know, a, a, you know, after the you know, passing of her father, which you no. Know, and you know, it's, we're, we're in reality we're coming up on a year since he's passed away, right? And now, and now all of a sudden, she's taking issue with how Marvel and how Disney is handling his property, uh, his, uh, handling his creations, uh, and his legacy. Uh, Stan Lee has been the face of Marvel since almost beginning. Like when we, when you think of Marvel, I mean, even the young, even the, even the kids now, when they think of Marvel, they don't realize it, but they're thinking about Stan Lee. Right. So it would behoove Marvel to do a bang up job, making sure that you respect that legacy. Because if you hurt that legacy, you're only hurting your own personal brand. And it- and Marvel's not going to do that. And my my question is, what have we seen from the MCU that disrespected it? I I can't think of anything. Now I mean, is is she saying it because you know they're churning out movie after movie after movie after movie? I mean, I can kind of see it where where if she's looking at it from that perspective. But that's not necessarily disrespect uh, disrespecting anything. That's just. Uh, Having a having a plan and acting on it and creating a product that people want. I mean, because if I'm getting three Marvel movies a year and each of these movies is knocking it out of the park, I'm not going to complain. You know, and, and I can't help but get the feeling that if Stanley felt disrespected or uh, what was the other word she used? Uh, you know, if, if he felt his legacy was being disrespected, if he felt he was being disrespected, why would he do so much work with Marvel? Exactly. And go out there, you know, pitching and plugging Marvel. I mean, it, I'm human enough to know that I care, that I can carry a grudge if I feel wrong. I shouldn't, but there it is. 
Right. Hello, I've got DNA. I'm human. They're there. Right. And I can't help but think if he did feel disrespected, if he did feel like they weren't they they weren't trying to to do my legacy justice, you know, I, I wouldn't I would have a serious problem doing anything for them. Right. Right. But here he is doing cameos left, right, and center. You know, from everything from you know, movies to TV shows to video games, then I, I find it hard to side with her on this. I, I can't go so far as to call BS on her because, you know, she, she like I said, has every right to her opinion right. and every right to voice her opinion. And she may very well be harboring grudges against Disney and Marvel. It sounds like it. Right. But the math just doesn't add up to me. No. At all. Now, in related news, Tom Holland's father has made headlines by also weighing in on this. Uh, he claims to have no inside knowledge of what's going on behind the scenes, but used the hashtag SaveSpiderMan on Twitter. However, noting that he believes his son will continue playing the rock, the wall crawler. It appears as if he's just promoting his latest book. Um, Holland, the old, the elder Holland has said, Tom Holland's dad has not spoken with Tom Holland since the seismic story broke and he certainly is not taking any sides. He is not calling for any boycotts. He will not be storming any offices anytime soon. Um, now we know Tom himself has been kind of vocal about it in his own way. He has removed himself from following Sony pictures on Instagram. Um, we know that he's upset because part of his contract also depends on how it move, the movie does as to his salary and royalties. Um, so he's seen this go from look at everything we've done to, oh, great, we're doing another Venom. And you can't help but feel sorry for Holland. No. Right. This because was, all, well, he was going to be, he's, he's been the ideal Spider-Man. And a lot of people, myself included, agree with that. I mean, he may not be the, he may not be as good at one thing as Garfield was or good in another way as McGuire was. But to me, he was the best balance of all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, you, do you think when this story broke, Toby McGuire opened up a bottle of champagne similar to uh, the Miami Dolphins the year of the, <laughs> of the uh, undefeated season? Yeah, he's kind of like, well, I got my third movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, but seeing what that third movie was, having watched that third movie, uh, you know, I don't know that I would celebrate that too much there, Tobe. Okay, right. Colt 45. Oh, you want to crack open a Michelob Ultra or something? You go right ahead. Crack open Mad Dog Henny. No, crack open that Zima. Dude, don't knock Zima. <laughs> hey, I like Zima. I like Zima. No, too. no, no. What? Boone's Country Quencher. Oh, there you go. O- open up that wine in the bag. No, this is the wine that had a screw off top. There you go. <laughs> But you keep it in the bag so the flavor is more is a little more robust. There you go. Yeah. Well, now others have chimed in on this as well. Todd McFarlane 
feels that um, Marvel and Sony will not be coming back to the table and reconciling. I don't believe that. I, I don't believe it either because Sony is taking too much of a hit on this. Right. And that's that is going to be that's a powerful motivating factor. Don, uh, Don, and I were talking about this, and Don's theory is that, like, it, it, it's, it's like Eric said, they're taking such a hit on this, and it's not, it's not going to hurt them just, you know, you know, in the in the in the boardroom, but it's actually going to hurt them in the public forum as well. That they're going to be forced to kind of maybe quietly walk back to the table and you know work out something and now there, you know, it may not be what either one of them initially wanted no but that's the whole point of negotiation you right. always start out with more than what you really want and you work towards something that is closer to it right well, I mean, I two words. James Gunn. James Gunn was was completely fired, right? He no, they were never going to bring him back, and here we are. Yep. Now, McFarlane told Bloomberg, uh, when Disney bought Marvel, there were some characters that were out. They had to spend two billion dollars to get Iron Man back from Paramount. They tried to get X Men and the Fantastic Four from Fox for four billion dollars, but it ended up costing them seventy three billion because they had to buy the whole studio. And then deal, and then the deal they made with Sony because it was a bit of a soft spot there for Spider Man that they would sort of cross over in Sony and MC, with Sony and the MCU and Disney and the Disney ones would put Spider Man in. Um, to continue on, he says, now they want to renegotiate the terms. And from what I'm hearing, the terms are jumping pretty aggressively. And Sony is saying, we got a billion dollars. We just got a billion dollars on Venom, a character that I helped co-create. And Spider-Man just became their biggest grossing movie ever. They're going, we don't need to give away the farm because we're doing quite fine without you. I don't know what they're going to reconcile this difference. Okay, first of all, their new Spider-Man would not have made would not be the their biggest property without him being in the MCU. Right. I mean, don't don't even try to say otherwise. If he had not been in Civil War, then this would be just yet another Spidey reboot. Right. Now, when asked what if he thinks Spider Spidey will ever cross into the MCU again, Farland said, if I was the executive of Sony, I'd say no. I'd go, I'm not giving you. They want to jump it from what I'm hearing from 10% take to a 50% take. I don't know what executive is going to give them that jump. And of course, like we said earlier, uh, it's more around the 30% mark. Well, here's here's what will happen if they don't reach a deal. Sony is going to put out a new Spider-Man movie, whether it has Tom Holland in it or not. Right. And it's not going to go as well as they would like. Right. I mean, it might hit close to Venom. And honestly, honestly, I think a, a Venom 2 will not do anywhere near as well as Venom. I don't think so. No, no, I don't think because so either. People, people went to see this movie because they wanted to see Venom. And right. when they got there, they realized, well, this is really not the best movie out there. Right. And so I, I don't have high hopes for Venom 2. And there, a, a non-MCU take on Spider-Man after having a, a uh, MCU Spider-Man 
it's not going to go well for them. It's kind of like to to use college football as an analogy. Bear Bryant is probably one of the most famous coaches ever in college football history. Mm-hmm. Okay. The coach that followed him, does anybody know that guy? His name was Ray Perkins. He did not do very well. He did okay, but he could never measure up to his predecessor. Right. And in right. this case, in this case, it's the MCU Spider-Man that's Bear Bryant. And you've got the post-MCU Spider-Man that's Ray Perkins. He'll do all right. He'll win you some games, but he ain't going to take you to the national championship. Nope. Nope. Not going to do it. Ain't going to happen. Sony is not going to have the same level of success regardless with this, with any non-MCU Spider-Man. And I think, and I think if they can't reach a deal, this is going to be a very bitter lesson for them to learn. What? And thing is, they have to understand that people, as much as people love Spider-Man, these movies did what they did because Marvel got people in who knew how to write a human story. Like, think about it. How, the majority, uh, okay, like maybe the the, the first Tobey Maguire movie, that one being the exception. The rest of the movies were superhero movies. At least the first Tobey Maguire movie was more in line with the other Marvel movies in the sense that it was somebody, it was a movie about a guy who just happened to be a superhero. And because you got that sense in Homecoming, this is a teenage kid that he got bit by a spider. And next thing you know, his life is weird and he's able to do this stuff. And then next thing you know, his idol comes and turns his life around. Yep. Right. Um, well, no, actually, that was. Yeah, yeah, that was that was Homecoming. I mean, you kind of it kind of touched on it in Civil War, but you, that's what you got in Homecoming, and we all could relate to that because you know we may you know to some degree I would like to think that all of us have met people that we've looked up to, we've idolized, and we know what that moment felt like. Now we we can't say we know what it feels like to be bitten by a radioactive spider. It but, would probably hurt probably hurt and you probably wouldn't be able to climb a wall but we've all at some point met someone that we really looked up to somebody that we idolized and we can relate to that and that's the reason why these movies did have done as well as they've done because there are stories about a kid trying to figure his way out in the world that's what it is Sony is not going to be able to duplicate that. They're just not. Yeah. Again, as Fox, they tried, they failed. Yeah. It's you can say what you want about oh we can do this, we can do that. People have tried. People have tried to replicate the success of the MCU. Knock knock. Hello, DC. Anyone? You know, Batman loves Superman, you know, Dawn of Justice, that sort of thing. Yeah, that hasn't really worked out too well there either, has it? Nope. And you can say taking – it will take a, a spider flop post-MCU for them to realize that, you know, taking a slightly smaller chunk out of a billion dollars in revenue is a whole lot better than getting all of not much. Right. Exactly. And on that note, guys, I got to leave you because my phone is dead.
Well, for us, it's almost that time as well for... Here are the picks of the week. So, Eric, take care. Hopefully... Uh, Hopefully the system will be back up and running by next week. We can hope. We can hope. We can dream. But uh, we can't stay on any longer. So, you got see it. you guys. <laughs> All right, you have a good one, man. Miss your brother. And he's gone. And he's gone. So, uh, Kylan, since you've got the MU pick, why don't you start us off? Okay, let's start off with Avengers number 23, brought to us by Jason Aaron and Stefano Caselli. Avengers Mountain, possessed as challenge of the Ghost Riders continues. The Ghost Rider, it's Ghost Rider versus Ghost Rider in a wild race through hell. While the Avengers have to fight for their lives against their own celestial headquarters, which is now possessed by a rather shocking, rather murderous, Hell damn soul. Okay. Well, my first pick of the week is Captain America number 13. The legend of Steve begins. On the run from the law and pursued by a dogged Nick Fury, Steve Rogers and the Daughters of Liberty begin to take the fight back to the power elite and their insidious minions. First up, it's a trip to the border with the White Tiger to uncover the secrets behind the group known as Them. So, oh, I'm gonna have to. I have to get that issue. <laughs> okay. Your um, your second pick. My second pick is Black Panther number fifteen, brought to us by Tanahisi Coates and Daniel Acuna. The intergalactic empire of Wakanda, the Black Panther returns to Earth. T'Challa secures a legendary victory against Najaka and his intergalactic empire. At last, the king can return to his throne and loved ones he left behind. But even at home, T'Challa isn't free from the Empire's long shadow. Alrighty. My second pick of the week. Um, I'm just going to start off with this. All those who've been to Galaxy's Edge, raise their hand. <laughs> uh, yeah. Too okay. soon? Uh, maybe a little bit. Can we say I'm going through withdrawals? I'm going through major withdrawals. I, 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 I could imagine. I'm... I'm going through withdrawals. I haven't even been there. Uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge number five. It's the finale of the um, of the miniseries. A double-edged sword. Kendo's crew of mercenaries bring their heist to steal one of the rarest relics in the universe. The hilt, the fabled sword of Kashun from Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities. But with the First Order tightening its grip on Black Spire Outpost, and the notorious Red Fury stormtroopers on their tail or on their trail tell would work too. Uh, can these master thieves survive long enough to collect their prize? And does Doc Ondar have the last gambit to play? So, third pick of the week. My third pick of the week is Fantastic Four Yancey Street, number one, brought to us by Jerry Duggan and Greg Smallwood. The first of a series of regular essential releases expanding on the ongoing legend of the Fantastic Four and their world. The FF are now living on Yancey Street, but not all their neighbors are happy about that. The thing investigates a nasty piece of vandalism that conjures up painful old memories as he takes a trip down memory lane through the Lower East Side, and it's made all the more dangerous by the terrible trio. Okay. Well, my third pick of the week is Star Wars Age of the Resistance General Hux number one. Marooned, General Hux and Kylo Ren crash land on a far off planet. No hope of rescue. The two are forced to work together to survive. But can they survive each other? So, final picks of the week. 
right. Well, my final pick is Star Wars Age of Resistance, Poe Dameron, number one. Uh, and that's, uh, that's brought to us by Tom Taylor, Ramon Rosanas, and Phil Noto. Fight and flight. Poe Dameron is the greatest pilot in the Resistance. But before the Resistance, he commanded another crew. He flew for the New Republic. But was Poe flying for the right cause? Interesting. Well, my final pick of the week shouldn't be a surprise because it hasn't been mentioned yet. Um, Marvel Comics number 1000. The greatest talent ever assembled for one story. This is the big one. In celebration of Marvel's 80th anniversary, we have gathered together the greatest array of talent ever to be assembled between the covers of a single comic. Names from the past, from the present, and even the future. Every page is filled with all new work from the cavalcade, from this cavalcade of comic book luminaries. There is a mystery that threads throughout the Marvel Universe, one that has the origins in Marvel Comics number one and which unites a desperate array of heroes and villains throughout the decades. What is the Eternity Mask? Who is responsible for the conspiracy to to keep it hidden? And what new player will make their starring debut as these secrets are peeled away? Featuring the entirety of the Marvel Universe of characters. So, uh, why don't you hit us up with your MU pick? Uh, my MU pick is, uh, this is a bit of a classic. It is... Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, number 18. This goes back to 1974. Uh, the writers uh, for this are Bill Mantlo and Doug Minch. And the penciler is Nick Cardi. Anchors are Terry Austin and Rudy Nebris. All right, now, mind you, the, the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu uh, were... Those books were, in essence, magazines that featured stories. So here's what I have as more of the overview of this issue, if it makes sense to you. So the martial arts against ninja magic. Shang-Chi stars in Secrets of the Dragon. Now, also, along with uh, Shang-Chi, the other major story in that is Iron Fist, Fist of Darkness, Fist of Death. Guest starring the Sons of the Tiger. It begins with a careening subway train and ends only after a trail, a trail of violence and bloody death. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. If you if you have a if, if for those of you out there who do have Marvel Unlimited, that looks like they have every one of these issues in there, and it gives you some interesting insight to. What Marvel, I guess what Marvel was trying to do with their martial arts themed heroes, because, you know, you had like in this particular one, you had Shang-Chi, Iron Fist and the Sons of the Tiger. Uh, that, was pre- that was pretty much every one of their heavy hitters in that one. Uh, you know, it, as far as the Marvel Universe goes with their uh, Kung Fu characters, those were all the heavy hitters within that one book. Okay. Well, how about this for a final thought? Um, rumor had it that Kevin Feige wants Venom reboot within the MCU with Spider-Man. Well, that's not happening. Uh, even though the details are coming out of the talks, as we've been talking about all night, of Disney and Marvel having broken down, um, news was that Feige wanted, wants a soft reboot for Venom. Uh, according to TiVo, 
TVO from Lords of the Longbox. Uh, Kevin Feige wants to give Venom a soft reboot within the MCU and get full producer credit on all the Spider-Man related movies that would also be a part of this MCU. If the deal, if the Disney Sony deal had would have gone through and supposedly could still happen, uh, Feige would have been the producer on the new Spider-Man movies as well as any potential Spider-Man related films, including Venom. Uh, it said Feige wanted to connect Venom and future Sony Spider characters to the MCU. Uh, the bonus for Sony is that Sony would then ha- would have been able to develop their own Spider-Man universe for streaming services and TV, which would have included Spider-Man 2099 and the Scarlet Spider. So what are your thoughts on that? I think... <laughs> I think that that would have been a perfect way to bring in Agent Venom because, you know, I I, I like this whole idea of S.H.I.E.L.D. being after Peter Parker to come and work for them. And, you know, as much as I I, as much as I I see S.H.I.E.L.D. as being the good guy, S.H.I.E.L.D. has no problem being a little extra legal sometimes. So I could see them doing something that accidentally creates Agent Venom, and they need to bring in Peter to work with him on a whatever. And that's how I would see that see that happening. I'd be all for it if we could. If I would love to see the MCU get their hands on get their hands on on Venom. Uh, if it you no, know, based on where we are now, I'm not sure if that's going to. But if they could do it, I'd be there. I'd be all for it. Okay. Now, as we're recording, uh, D23 is starting in Anaheim, and apparently at California Adventure in Disneyland Paris, um, you now it's been shared that there will be superhero-themed lands. And on Thursday, the 22nd, it was announced these lands will be called Avengers Campus. Uh, what? Really? Avengers Campus. When guests visit Avengers Campus, they will become part of the interconnected global story that spans from California to Paris to Hong Kong with the Avengers recruiting new extraordinary people to join them. Uh... So apparently at the pavilion at D23, guests will be able to see a in-story experience where they'll learn why the Avengers are building these campuses. And on Sunday, the 25th, the day after my birthday, um, they will share more details about what the guests will be able to experience when they open. Okay. So, Hmm. so cool. I like it. So, um, other than that, any final thoughts? I think I, I think we expressed all the thoughts we need to express tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, um, I think the only thing we said is Sony. You're on what? Because I'm sorry, I think this is a stupid move. Yeah, it's it's just a plain stupid move. It is. So. On that note, you no other final thoughts? No other final thoughts. Then Thursday, if you would. No sign of unusual brain activity. Can't argue with that one.
the Clean Slate Protocol, sir?